Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today we're going even deeper on the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro, Ultra 2, and Apple Watch Series 9. Plus, I have a fine woven case in hand, going to provide my live reactions for that and talk about all the details that just weren't mentioned in the keynote. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, and joining me to discuss all the iPhone 15 stuff, my friend Wes Hilliard. How's it going, Wes? Trying to find more money. I just checking between the couch cushions and <laughs> yeah it flew away it flew away although we'll get into it because there were a lot of things that weren't announced and even weren't updated to USB-C and something's just uh died off regretfully so we we will talk about that and i'm going to try and go in an order where it makes sense but also not covering kind of the biggest announcements the recap episode is already in the feed that went up right after the event all the big announcements and big changes were mentioned there. I'm going to try and cover the things that have come out since the event and with people testing and doing hands-on and such. I think I've watched probably six hours of YouTube videos of just all the hands-on. So yeah, we will talk about that. No, I just want to give a couple five-star review shout-outs. Mike Ack from USA, Sammy O2 from Great Britain. Uh, he was a little offended by our biscuit talk the other day, but but he stuck around. I appreciate that. And Steve Durham from Great Britain as well. Now, what did we buy? You know what? This is a great place to start. The Apple Watches, I think this has happened two years in a row now where the Apple Watch goes on sale immediately after the event. I'm pretty sure the Apple Watch Ultra was the same way. Then the phone pre-order is on Friday, but I ordered, I ordered an Ultra 2. I wasn't going to do it, Wes. I was not going to do it because I said, I have an Ultra 1. It's plenty fine, but I looked at the trade-in value for my Ultra 1 and Apple was offering $380 for a good condition Apple Watch Ultra, which is close to half of the purchase price, which is crazy because if you do like a trade-in for a series six or seven, they'll give you like 25 bucks. And so I was like, it's pretty good in trade-in value. And I am very curious about the second generation ultra wideband chip, which maybe for copyright reasons, Apple can't say the U2 chip. Thanks, Bono. But anyway, uh, so I did order an Apple Watch Ultra 2 and two cases, silicone case and fine woven. How about you? Well, I went ahead and ordered uh, the Apple Watch Series 9. No Ultra. I will not wear a silver watch. <laughs> so I got this same watch in stainless steel, graphite. Nice. Okay. Very basic band because I tried to get one of the new bands, but uh, nothing would let you, you couldn't order it. It was just completely unavailable. It wasn't even on a delay. Yeah, no cases or anything for me. I don't really buy cases. I don't use a case uh, generally. No AirPods, no, nothing like that. But I don't think you can order AirPods yet, can you? I think you can buy it. It doesn't ship until September sec 22nd, uh, the AirPods Pro with USB-C. But we will get to that uh, in a second for sure. I'm, I'm very curious about the ultra wideband chip and the S9 SIP, uh, which is the, the chip that powers the Apple Watch, because the SIP has been very much the same, like Series 6, 7, and 8. Yeah. There's not been big updates there. And as far as Apple touted in the keynote, the S9 is the first kind of big leap in performance for the Apple Watch and then allows, again... The Series 6, 7, and 8 all had the same central... Like, so the same CPU. So the, the processor right. didn't change, but the package around it, the, the SIP itself, got updated with new sensors and stuff. So that's why they were able to incrementally increase the number. Yeah. But now we're with S9, it's actually more powerful. And there's a lot of new little tidbits in there. But I, I was in the same boat as you. I was like, well, I already spent about $800 on a stainless steel watch last year. Why would I bother this year? They really got to give me something that I want. And it wasn't even any new health sensors or anything. That new gesture, I, I, I have to try that. And 
on top of that, like, yeah, just the, the, the speed boost, the, there's more storage. There's just a lot of little things here. We're going to talk about that gesture too. Hopefully we get to it. <laughs> so again, no, no promises because we have a lot to cover, but uh, the, the pinch gesture is, is interesting. I'll just say that. I do want to mention, I got a couple cases just right as we were record, started to record the FedEx truck pulled up and delivered two cases because I am going with the Pro Max model this year. As we record, it is Thursday. So I have not pre-ordered, but I do the Apple iPhone upgrade program and they let you do like the pre-pre-order, like get ready to order your phone. And you do have to choose your make, model, storage and all of that kind of stuff. And so I have chosen the iPhone 15 Pro Max, my first Pro Max phone ever in the blue titanium. And so I now have a couple Pro Max cases right here in front of me, including the fine woven. And what you mentioned, the Apple Watch some of those bands you couldn't order. I actually tried to order a fine woven Apple Watch band and it doesn't look like they're available yet. I don't know. I may have to wait till next week with the official launch on the 22nd. But the fine woven case, I'm holding it in my hand right now, Wes. And it is interesting. This feels like a suede is maybe an okay moniker. I don't know if it really feels suede-like or just kind of uh, fuzzy. Now, that might be a, a bad, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if that's accurate either. The buttons are the same. You kind of have like the metal buttons. There is a button over the action button on the case. And so there are no holes uh, into any of the buttons on this case, on Apple's cases in particular. The edges are kind of a hard plastic with a darker color than the back, which I think I kind of like. Uh, but yeah, the back, it's like, um, it's it's a material. You know, it's it's not leather. It's not like leather at all. And I'm curious how it holds up with water when compared to leather. One of the other things too is that with the bezels being smaller, Apple chose to not make the screen sizes any bigger. So the physical dimensions of both the Pro and Pro Max phones are actually smaller than the 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. And holding the case in my hand, it does not feel as egregious as the 14 Pro Max had uh, last year. And it's 10% lighter this time too. And lighter. So I am very excited for that. So yeah, I don't think the size is going to be as big of an issue for me personally. And this fine woven case, I mean, the jury's still out. I, I also have a silicone case here, and I typically go back and forth between leather and silicone. Now it'll be fine woven and silicone, so we'll see. I have Apple Care, and it, there's a titanium frame now. I just, I really don't want to put a case on this thing. Um, I want to see how this this feels and works on its own. The fine woven case, I think, is is fine. How much does that cost? How much is a fine woven case? It's sixty dollars. The silicone is fifty dollars. See, I wonder why it's more expensive because it can't be a material cost thing, right? This, the, I wonder if this is cheaper to make than leather well i thought the leather cases were a hundred dollars the iphone leather cases before i could i, I thought they were 100 but i can't remember 80 seems to be the number in my head anyway so i intend upgrading uh on friday as well I'll be waking up early and sitting there yes. refreshing the apple store page yes as you do yeah, but I, I'm ordering the black uh, titanium black Pro Max. Titanium. Yep. Okay. And I'm getting one terabyte of storage this time. One terabyte. Listen, so with the like ProRes video and all that, two things, I, I thought about the one terabyte, but first off, my current iPhone 14 Pro, I have the 512 gigabytes and I'm right at about half. And so I know I definitely don't want to go down in storage, but going up to a terabyte seemed a little excessive. So I'm sticking with 500. I'm in the 400 gig range right now. And mm. I have the photo library set to download on device because I like to have it local. I'm If I'm going to continue using these better photo improvements and more video and such, I'm definitely going to want more local storage. And I'm going to be testing record straight to SSD type stuff. So that'll be interesting. That That is what I'm most excited to try and also why I did 
ahead and go with the one terabyte version because you can record directly to external devices. And I, I want to try like one of these small-ish USB-C 3.0 like flash drives. Like you can get ones that aren't even like a full stick anymore. You know, they're almost just like a little plug basically. And I'm like, I guess you could just pop that into the bottom of the phone and record directly to that. And it adds no bulk, no cable sticking out. That sounds amazing. The the Samsung, those are probably the perfect example, but I'm thinking more, I want to set up a little um, USB three dock in a backpack with a battery pack oh. and an SSD off of it and then run a, <laughs> nice. run a cable out of the backpack to the phone. And then you can just record for hours. That's, that's amazing. And I mean, I imagine ProRes, you could record ProRes footage four hours and just go right to the thing for at least 15 minutes on a four terabyte drive so give or take <laughs> for at least 15 exactly exactly all right so i want to jump into some more details about the phones and the watches and airpods and all that one piece of quick follow-up after i said camel case last week uh with the fine woven and everything well, literally 1,000 people reached out via email social media carrier pigeon to correct me to say there's a difference between camel case and pascal case Apparently, Pascal case is like MacBook, where both the first letter M and the middle letter B are capitalized. That's Pascal case. Camel case is when there's a capital letter in the middle, like the hump on a camel. So iOS or iPad, I guess iPad might be a better uh, example. In iPad, the first letter is lowercase, but the P is capital. So it looks like a little hump. I guess iPad is camel case. MacBook is Pascal case, as is fine woven and I do have to, I didn't say I would shave an eyebrow. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, but my skepticism about the term fine woven uh, was clearly dispelled during the event because fine woven is in fact the name of the material Apple is using. So Everyone always keeps using the phrase Apple would never. I just don't think that phrase applies to anything anymore, really. Yeah, I guess not. I guess not. So thank you for all those follow-ups. I do appreciate it. Now, iPhone 15. I'm not going to go over a lot of the big changes again that were that was in the recap episode. A bunch of things I did not mention and we're going to cover here because they came out afterwards. The iPhone 15 and 15 Pro have a thread radio inside. Thread is the smart home wireless protocol that allows for faster communication between smart home devices. First time this has ever been in a phone. And I'm curious what it means for Apple home devices that use thread. We discussed this more on HomeKit Insider on Monday. I expect this will help with uh, pairing and setup. Right. I don't know if you've tried setting up um, like the new Nano Leaf line that's uh, matter only. Mm. Those things are very temperamental. I, I think having a thread radio will make this all the easier. That would be nice because, yes, a lot of times in that setup, you have to fall back to either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. And so thread would be great for that. I'm, I'm going to try a side-by-side -side test to like in the Home app if I... Turn this thread device on. How fast is it on, say, my iPad or even my iPhone 14 Pro versus the 15 Pro Max with thread inside? So and 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 think about it. If we're pairing thread with offline device Siri, you'll be able to give Siri a command. There's no reason why like HomeKit commands shouldn't be on device. I don't think that's going to go back to a server anymore. So you'd be able to give Siri a HomeKit command pass that through thread and like by the time you're finished speaking the thing is happening right like <laughs> that is true it should be it should be rather instantaneous local network all all the way through i didn't even think about so i can, i said offline i think in the recap episode and i shouldn't have said offline this is on device siri happening with like the apple watch series 9 and the apple watch ultra 2 and i thought we had on device siri for some things on the phone already 
or is this yes but but i think it's still this isn't the same series though i think it's always improving they're always adding more and i think this is just another step above we have a newer uh i think two neural engines right. in the uh, a17 pro so th- this should only get faster and better okay very good yeah well that would be that means all offline nothing has to hit a server uh, for a command via siri and your HomeKit stuff over thread that would be pretty sweet I talked about the U2 or the second generation ultra wideband chip. I am really curious if they can't call it U2 because of There's no like, way. I, I, the that, band. That seems like such a weird legal argument. <laughs> they called it they called it the U1 chip though. That's why I'm curious like What if like every U2 chip has like a little picture of Bono on it like <laughs> it did deep inside the phone. I I'm, I talked about this in the recap episode, but I'm excited to try the People find my, and I think this would be really useful, especially with children. If you have a child with a Apple Watch Series 9, let's say, with that second generation ultra wideband chip, and you are in a busy market or in a mall, maybe you're even at a theme park, that precision find my to be able to find your child or another person you're just trying to meet up with a friend seems like it's going to be really cool. And then also the find your iPhone from your watch with that precision find my. I was curious in the event, it didn't look like it would show an arrow on screen with the watch, but I just spoke with Andrew and in his video, it does confirm there's no arrow, but it does have kind of a highlighted portion of a circle on the Apple watch when you're using precision find my to find your phone. So it's not an arrow direction, but it does give you some like kind of a 25% of a circle direction to see where your phone might be on the watch. So so is second generation ultra wideband, is that a pro only feature? No, no, this is iPhone 15 as well. And then series nine and ultra two. Okay. Yeah. I figured because it was a separate chipset. So I was like, it, it can't have to do with the a 16, right? So no, no. that's, that's great. That, yeah. Separate chip. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and they, they did the precision find my with people uh, during the iPhone 15 section of the event. And so, yeah, for sure. The the U2 chip, as I'll say, is coming. Goodness. Uh, to, so the USB-C port, this has been, you know, a bunch of things kind of coming out about the USB-C port across both devices. Obviously, we have a difference when it comes to data transfer speeds. iPhone 15 is still on USB 2.0 speeds. The iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max have 3.0 speeds, which is 10 gigabits per second. That is the speed. Whereas if it were Thunderbolt, that's when you get 40 gigabits per second and higher. Let me make this really simple. Okay, please. Everyone who has an iPad mini, you this this is it. This is, it's the iPad mini. It's the USB port, 3.0 speeds. You can connect it to your other devices to charge unless it's a bigger source than that device will charge the iPad mini. Basic rules, you, you know, if you if anything you've been able to do with the port on the iPad mini, you can do with the uh, iPhone. So gotcha. I don't think it's too crazy to think, like I said, having like a USB 3 dock. We also found out more information the DisplayPort uh, version allows uh, for connecting the iPhone directly to a TV for a 4K output. Yes. So, so you can uh, record video in 4K uh, ProRes and then connect it straight to a display. Now, you're not going to be doing Stage Manager or anything like that, but I've actually had the thought, and we can get to it later, of what if we can do a little bit of ray tracing like Resident Evil 4 on a TV through the iPhone, oh. through a connected dock. Yeah. That would be nuts. Yeah, so, and that is on all models. So iPhone 15 and 15 Pro and Pro Max, you can get display output up to 4K just over that USB-C, which is nice. Also, that USB-C port can charge AirPods and an Apple Watch from the phone. So while we don't have that reverse wireless charging that we've heard rumored for years where you just put your AirPods on the back of the phone, which I understand like that's going to be dissipating a lot of energy and heat five people are going to do this i mean let's let's be real i know but it is it is nice i mean if you're on a plane or something and for some reason you don't have a power bank and there's no plugs on it and you want to give your airpods a little juice 
You can plug in your uh, USB-C cable from the phone to your AirPods case, I guess if you get one with USB-C, and charge your AirPods a little bit. I also appreciate it. I've combed through the product pages on Apple's website, and when it talked about USB-C, thankfully they did highlight microphones as an input for that connector. And I have just been hoping that USB microphone connectivity comes to the phone as it is on the iPad. And like Wes is saying, if you have an iPad mini or an iPad Pro right now, you know what this is like, but you can plug in a USB-C microphone very easily and it works great, honestly, on iPad. And so I'm looking forward to a dongle-less life when it comes to microphones and the iPhone. So are we going to uh, start recording the Apple Insider podcast from our iPhones? (laughs) That would be something. I don't know if I want to risk that just yet or or try it. I mean, (laughs) I've done it from an iPad once uh, when I was traveling one time with you. I actually did. And you used to record on the iPad all the time. Yes. We don't have time today, but I have been working from my iPad exclusively for like the last three weeks. Oh, my word. Well, there it is. Yeah. You know, I am curious with audio devices like the Rode Wireless Go 2, which are these lapel microphones, there is a USB-C port on the receiver for those wireless mics. And I'm curious if the iPhone will get the audio directly from that as opposed to like a USB mic. Because when you connect that to a computer like a Mac, it acts as a storage device because you can actually download the WAV files that were recorded locally on the wireless Go 2 receiver and microphone thing. So I'm a little curious how that particular microphone and like the DJI and similar lapels work with the iPhone. So I'm basically going to connect everything to the phone and see what happens. Steven, let me make you sad real quick. No, why? Now, What's happening? now that the iPhone has USB-C, you know what this means? What does this mean? In iOS 18, Apple's going to give us audio intents on iOS, but not iPadOS. No, it'll be on both. Get out of here. No, 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 no. And then, and then, and, and then, an iPadOS 19 will get audio intense on iPad. That's what this is. Blast. They're gonna do blasphemous. it. Blasphemous. No, you'd be burning down Cupertino if that happened. No, no, no. I, I just, I'm not confident Apple would do this. But it would be amazing if you could just in the settings of your iPhone and iPad go to settings general. I don't care how many levels down they bury it. It could be settings general, advanced, don't go here, stop now. Like, I don't care, but just have an audio input selection and audio output selection. So you can choose, say, a USB microphone connected to your iPhone as the audio input, and then your AirPods as the audio out. That would be amazing. That's all I want. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like this has to be coming. We're inching step by step closer to this eventuality. And unlike your uh, meme that you shared on social media of the Mexican alien dried up in a box, uh, I don't think we're going to be waiting that long. For no, not that long. In in the infinite timeline of the universe, I think it has to happen. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll we will see. Okay. Do you want to talk about? more connectivity. These phones, iPhone 15 and 15 Pro, will have Wi-Fi 6E. It was not mentioned, I don't yeah, think, in the keynote. But Wi-Fi 6E doesn't matter. No, people still have Wi-Fi 811 uh, oh, AC in their homes. Oh, like, I know. The, BGN, I know. Wi-Fi, yeah. Wi-Fi 6E is great for six years from now when everyone actually upgrades their routers. Um, sure. If you go to try and buy a Wi-Fi 6E router right now, the Wi-Fi system for my home would be $600. And it's just like, I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. So again, it's it's good that they are continuing to upgrade it, you know, when these new standards are available. And And some people use these phones for five or six years. So that's great that it's future proof, but it's, it's neat, but it doesn't affect anyone right now. (laughs) Well, and also like my Wi-Fi setup, I use the Ubiquiti Unify setup 
And it's, you know, kind of more like enterprise-y, but you could do power over Ethernet for the access points. You've turned your, home, you're, you've turned your house into an Apple store at this point. Well, well, they don't sell these in the Apple store. I mean, if they if they release another... No, but I'm saying like you you have like iBeacons in every, every room. Oh, and... iBeacons would be sweet. No, listen, <laughs> if they bring back the Airport Extreme with Wi-Fi 6E, I'm all about it. But uh, the Unify lineup does not have 6E yet anyway. So it's not like I could even update my system. So... I'm glad the phone has it. I'm not going to have it in my house. I would update mine, but Linksys still hasn't provided HomeKit, and they are so confusing in their messaging. Listen. And I will continue to beat this drum until they finally give me <laughs> HomeKit on my router. I would listen. I was beating that drum until I got the Unify system and then because you just Vel- gave up. Like, I did because Linksys Velop they promised HomeKit, and then like on their most expensive routers, they like no. On the cheaper ones, oh yeah, we can get HomeKit there, but not the the nice ones. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over there. It was also confirmed that the iPhone 15 and 15 Plus are equipped with six gigs of RAM, but the 15 Pro and Pro Max have eight gigs of RAM or unified memory, as you could call it. This is two more gigs of RAM than the 14 Pro and Pro Max. So it's more RAM. RAM is always great. I mean, on a device like this, it, it all it really means is that you can have more tabs open uh, without refreshing them. I understand that like the need for RAM, but also developers target the wider user base. So they're still going to target six gigs. I don't even know if they're targeting six these days. I think they're still targeting four for the most part. So it's just, it's fine. Let's please step in guys and start actually taking advantage of all this hardware, please. Uh, Like I know a lot of the nerdier apps definitely target like, yeah, we just started um, executing iOS 16 only this year. Great. Target the things that you can target with that because uh, it is kind of getting a little silly that Apple comes out with features that people don't use for two years. Okay, so now let's get to the action button on the 15 Pro and Pro Max. This was rumored. It came true. No more mute switch, which again, I was hesitant about before the event, but now that I've seen it in action, I'm I'm interested. I want to try it to know more about it. But the action button, again, the mute switch is still on the iPhone 15 and 15 Plus. So the action button has just come to the Pro models. It is a hold to activate whatever action you have. So a bunch of videos on YouTube show the action button in action, pun intended. If you just tap it, you just press the action button, it will tell you what it does, but it doesn't activate it. And this is to prevent false positives, like if it's in your pocket or in a bag. So you actually have to hold it for a second or two to actually get it to do whatever function you program. And then from there, it could be the mute, it could act as the mute switch, muting or unmuting your phone. You can also launch like voice memos. You can launch a focus mode. You can launch the camera in a particular mode. Like if you want to go straight to video or straight to portrait mode. So you could program all that. And thankfully you can program a shortcut with the action button, which will be my, that will immediately be what I do with it. And Apple is actually encouraging developers to develop app shortcuts because app shortcuts automatically uh. appear in the list uh, without you having to personally go and add the app shortcut to your library. Ooh. So any app shortcut that you, that you have from another app will automatically appear as a shortcut action for this. So definitely developers should be taking advantage of this. It's, it's exciting. I think this is the most important detail besides the accessibility features. Right. Yeah. Shortcuts is going to be huge for this button, but can I ask you, yes. why did they create this advanced 3d ray traced <laughs> render for the, for <laughs> selecting the button? Like this is the most weird UI Apple's ever made. It is amazing. If you see some of these videos, the settings of the action button. So you go to the settings app, like you would for every other setting. And when you go to the action button, it turns into this 
wild 3D render of the phone and the action button on the side, and you swipe between the different actions in like this, like Apple Vision Pro-esque augmented reality. Like it is the craziest setting screen ever. And I'm not exactly sure why Apple did this. Is this where we're going with UI in the future? Like, I don't want all my settings to look like that. That's for sure. Like 3D objects that you interact with. I don't know. I just, I think that give, like you said, given Apple Vision Pro, I think we're going to see more of this type of UI video game, like, you know, selection menus. Maybe, you know, I'm excited to try it. I will immediately create a shortcut and I'm going to do a shortcut that it pulls up a menu. And so I'm going to hit my action button. A menu is going to drop down from the top of my dynamic island or whatever. And the menu will have these. Toggle mute, because in iOS 17, I double-checked shortcuts is adding an action where you can mute and unmute your phone from a shortcut, which was not the case in iOS 16. So I'm going to have the first action in that shortcut be to toggle my phone's mute status. My second action is going to be to set focus mode. And then I'll have a secondary menu pop up to choose which focus mode. I'm going to have toggle rotation lock as one of the choices in that menu. And then probably like open camera, play podcasts and run a home kit scene. And so I'm excited to try this. What are you going to do with the action button? It's going to be a playground. I'm going to let other people do the work and uh, steal their ideas. <laughs> steal um, their shortcuts. Yeah, this this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to tinker around. I It's going to be a shortcut. I mean, my focus modes are all automatic. I don't need control over that. I don't really live and do not disturb. I don't really use rotation lock. I, it, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think personally, like launching something like Halide into a certain camera mode would be interesting. Yeah. I wonder, this, this probably won't happen yet because it's so new, but... I would like to see eventually being able to assign the button based on your focus mode. So yes. have uh, in my work focus, have it do something and have in my personal focus, have it do something. And that would give me a lot more optionality because having one universal button input feels a little restricting to me. So we'll see what it looks like at w- once we get it. hundred percent. I would love for the function to change either via shortcut or via focus mode, like you're saying. So for the evening focus mode, that automatically triggers. Or if you if it works via shortcuts, then you can have sh- uh, focus modes be a trigger for an automation that changes it. So it, <laughs> yes, either way. <laughs> yeah, either, either way. I mean, the shortcut support would be nice. I, it didn't seem like that's an option just yet, no. but like, I will immediately try it just to see if it's there. The, the This is a brand new feature, bare bone settings. I expect this is going to get added on too as time goes on. Oh, and by the way, uh, just to mention... We do not get the translate function at launch. I don't know if you said that. Right. I saw that. That's coming later. Uh, so, yeah. And there's also some interesting translate features, which we'll talk about because iOS 17 launches this Monday, along with iPadOS 17, watchOS 10. And there's some features that I want to get to. I like the idea of being traveling somewhere and then having the translate button set up to automatically be ready to translate to the, the local dialect and just be like oh. ordering coffee, walk in, say it. I want this one and then point the phone at them and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it might give a stupid translation. It's not a perfect app, but I mean, it's better than nothing. And having it a button press away would be amazing instead of, hold on, hold on, let me search for the app, open it, select the right language, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. So the cameras, number one, we have 4K cinematic mode now. Uh, I wasn't, was this 15? Did we not have 4K cinematic mode before? I believe we did. Well, I'm about to tell you right now, I'm going into cinematic mode. We did have it. I think it's coming to the 15 and 15 plus for the first time. We did have 4K cinematic on the 14 Pro and Pro Max. Yeah, I think uh, cinematic mode can be 4K 
60 now there was something new about it though yeah well uh, i don't know if it's cinematic mode but the iphone 15 pro and pro max can shoot 4k 60 pro res but only when you're connected to an external drive because again you'll fill up your phone in about four <laughs> seconds with that turned on it'll it'll be a lot of data but yeah. uh, so 4k cinematics coming to the 15 and 15 plus another thing coming to both phones this is 15 and 15 pro is that you won't have to go into portrait mode to capture the depth info of a picture. This is fascinating. So when you open the camera app, you could just be in the normal photo mode. If it detects a person, like a face, I think also if it detects like an animal, like a pet or something. Dog or cat specifically, not your lizard or, I mean. (laughs) Or birds. If it's looking for eyes and a nose, basically. So if your pet has those kinds of features, it'll work. But if it's really unique, it's not going to work. So, yeah. And it won't work on the uh, invasion aliens from Apple TV+. Oh, my gosh. Because they don't have have a face. (laughs) They don't have a face. Yeah. Tendrils. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, so what happens is you open the camera app, you point it at a person or something with a face and you'll see this little F icon, similar to how you'll see the macro icon appear. If you get very close to a subject and this is the F stop, F. the F stop F. And it is telling you that you can capture depth information as you take this photo, even if you're not in portrait mode. And then after the fact, when you're looking at this image on your phone in the photos app, you can actually apply depth or portrait effect to that photo and you can even refocus on different portions of the photo either at a person in the foreground or someone in the background and all of that depth information is saved even if you didn't choose portrait mode at the time of taking the photo i wonder if this is like live photos where yes technically you can take a live photo and then change which frame is the key photo but that the the different frame other than the key frame might be a little bit less quality like i wonder if this is going to be like a yeah, we got some depth information, but because it wasn't prioritizing the portrait mode that it's not, it's, right. you'll get a better portrait mode if you switch to the direct mode versus we're just including the depth data that we saw. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if this is going to be a lesser yeah. version, but this, and this is with the iPhone 15 uh, Pro series with their neural engine, the automatic detection. But uh, we did discover that on the iPhone 14 series, basically anything with a portrait mode uh, capturing depth data, you can go in and change the subject now in photos. That is just a photos feature. Uh, It doesn't have to be that phone. Okay, gotcha. Because previously you would go, and I'm sure you've done this, take a portrait mode with two people in it. And and for some reason, it only detects one face and that other person was leaned back slightly and now they're just out of focus. Before, you could just turn off focus and get them back in focus and that was fine. But now you can actually tap to select their depth uh, data instead of the other, the foreground data. And then, you know, you get more manipulation there. It's definitely improved. I do feel like with all these different modes and formats, it is a little confusing if you care what you're shooting. (laughs) I feel like... If someone just doesn't care what format or megapixels their pictures are being taken in, like it's an easy, just open the camera and shoot. But if you try to actually jump in and figure out like what format this photo is going to be in, what megapixels, and I want to get to a couple of those in a second, but it's it's getting a little complicated with all the different lenses. Apps like Halide, they're not sweating yet, but Apple's photo like camera app is getting so much more complex in a good way. Yeah. Like now, even if even running the iOS 17 release uh, on on iPhone 14, they've added some new features. You can select what megapixel count you're shooting at, what format you're going to get right. when you take that photo from the camera. 
right you couldn't do that before right uh and on top of that you have photographic styles you have um you know portrait mode versus regular you could choose a new default like 35 millimeter 24 or 20 millimeter you have multiple zoom levels uh so the 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 one x button will actually have different millimeter scales that you can choose between uh a 2x a digital 3x and a 5x on the optical right so there is uh apple said seven lens uh, cameras in your pocket but you but include all of the options and you're 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 (laughs) getting into a hundred different things that you could set up and for an ocd type photographer who's like i want to get every every possible angle and creation of the scene so i can take it back to the photo lab and edit it you're going to be there for an hour toggling every setting and trying every different thing it's (laughs) it's crazy the only major feature that i still go to halide for and i'm not like a pro photographer with my phone but i do like their manual focus ring which there are some times when my phone just will refuse to focus from the default camera app. One of such recent situations was I was flying, was trying to take a picture out the window, and the phone just refused to focus in the distance. It was focused on the actual like plane window. I think it was like a little dirty or scratched or whatever. And so it refused to focus beyond the window depth. And so I jumped over to Halide and you can then manually adjust that focus. But I can see Apple adding a focus ring pretty soon too. I, I would hope so. That's the, honestly, and I, I I love Halide, but like that's the one thing I open their app for consistently is I need to control over the focus in the moment because um, I'm taking a picture of a scary mean spider and I don't want to get so close that it actually starts focusing <laughs> on it with the macro mode. So I want to go to Halide and trigger that manually. Uh, I take a lot of pictures of spiders because there's a lot of very interesting spiders in our area. But um, <laughs> spiders are interesting. I show them to people and I'm like, oh God, why is this on your phone? <laughs> um, but anyway, like, uh, but I've been, I mostly live in Apple's camera app because it is just good enough. And I want their, I, I appreciate like the different file formats that other camera apps offer, but I want, I actually prefer and en- use Apple's formatting and color uh, recreation and stuff. So I, I, I tend to use their app and like this image I posted in the notes, like that's a macro image of the back of a flower, uh, and it's uh, on a tall vine, so it's blowing in the wind, but I'm still, everything included, able to capture that straight from an iPhone sensor on the iPhone 14 Pro. And like, I'm just really impressed. L- like you, I'm not really a professional photographer, but I definitely uh, tinker and I'm excited to see what we'll be able to do with the 15 Pro Max. And um, I think I'm going to be doing the review for the device. So Ooh, there will be nice. a photo compare between the 14 Pro Max and the 15 Pro Max for sure. Very nice. This is a good photo too. Uh, a couple other things on the camera, the Tetra Prism design, which they didn't call it Periscope. It's this not is a, a Periscope. Tetra Prism. It's not a Periscope. It's a, it's a literal prism inside the phone. Just on that real quick, go look up the Periscope design in Samsung phones. It's a big piece of thing with several lenses stacked against each other, basically passing through being reflected off of multiple mirrors versus the Tetra Prism is much more compact. The difference being the Tetra Prism gives us that 5X you're not going to use Tetra Prism to get to 10x. That's when you would shift over to Samsung style. It would take up more space inside of the phone, but you would get a longer zoom. And that's the difference. Yeah. So because of this Tetra Prism design, the sensor shift optical image stabilization is now 3D, meaning it moves not only along X and Y axis, but also Z axis for stabilization. And Apple is calling it the most advanced stabilization system with as many as twice as many micro adjustments. So like 
thousands of adjustments per second, which is just wild. And it's, and it's, it, so when you zoom with something, especially handheld, if anyone's ever used a telescope, any slight like breath will change what you're looking at instantly. And, it's the, right. and the more you zoom, the, the more that is. Uh, one thing we saw was the viewfinder for when you're zooming actually shows up in the corner uh, to tell you where you are inside of the frame of the photo, which is amazing. Like that's going to give us yeah, a lot cool. more control for framing a, a subject and seeing what you could zoom out to see more of but I, I i just wanted to comment i know a lot of people we, we did some polls on twitter asking like what zoom level were you expecting you know 5x 6x 10x 15x and uh overwhelmingly people voted 15 like they wanted the highest zoom they could possibly get but right. I'm, I'm actually kind of um, happy that apple uh, constrained themselves here a little bit because the jump from 2x or, or digital 3x is already uh, kind of a big jump to 5x that 120 millimeter uh, equivalent that's actually right. a, a significant step up to something like 10x or 15x you're especially on a phone this size your image quality is going to drop off a cliff apple can do things to make it better and samsung for example, has uh, the 10x uh, zoom with 10x digital crops giving them 100x uh, uh, super zoom. It's it's terrible. They ignore whatever their marketing is. It's look at actual photos taken by that thing, and it's it's not. It, you might as well be doing 15x on an iPhone uh, mm. 14, right? right? Like it's it's a similar amount of quality and grain. You're just wow, I can get so much closer. Great, but what are you actually getting out of that uh, image? Like, are you trying to right. like you're not going to get anything practical out of that image now you might be able to read a sign far away but you're not going to take a beautiful photo that way but apple leaned more towards right. practicality of here's a 5x zoom that's actually useful and will give you hopefully in good lighting quality photos you might actually print out and hang on your wall so that's right. I, i'm glad that they didn't jump as high as they could on this right this episode is brought to you by hello fresh it is my favorite meal kit, and it's America's number one meal kit as well. I think it's for good reason. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door, and skip those trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And I can say it does all three of those. I do the grocery shopping in my family, and I have to tell you, I love not doing them whenever I don't have to, and HelloFresh makes that possible especially with a whole family. You know, I have three kids and sometimes it could be hard to get everyone to agree on stuff, but the recipes that come from HelloFresh, everybody loves them. They are delicious. I recently tried a Gouda burger with a red relish, did a pork chop and rice. All of the recipes are just incredible. And HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every week. And we also actually like having the family come together and making it. Their recipes are so easy to follow. They have beautiful imagery, step-by-step -step instructions. And so the kids can join in. I'll put a picture of my family cooking some HelloFresh as the chapter art for this sponsor. And HelloFresh takes the stress out of mealtime by delivering those fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door. So this fall, I do love the fall season, skip that trip to the grocery store, have dinner in no time with America's number one meal kit. And a new season calls for new meals. HelloFresh has a fresh fall lineup of delicious dinners and more to choose from. You can pick from those 40 weekly recipes. They also have different lifestyles like veggie to family friendly to fit and wholesome. And it does more than just dinners. HelloFresh, you can do easy breakfast, quick lunches, and fresh snacks. Just shop the HelloFresh market and add any of those tasty time-saving solutions to your weekly box. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 5050AppleInsider and use the promo code 50AppleInsider50 for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50AppleInsider and use that promo code 50AppleInsider for 50% off 
plus 15% off for the next two months. And our thanks again to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And last word on the camera, a couple new formats that I think will actually be pretty useful. You can now shoot ProRAW 12 megapixel. So on the iPhone 15 Pro, well, and now actually the 15 has the 48 megapixel main camera sensor. But previously, if you shot ProRAW photos on the 14 Pro or Pro Max, you it would default to a 48 megapixel image because that's using the entire sensor. I, I'm pretty sure you could shoot a uh, 12 megapixel pro raw, but maybe I'm wrong. I will. I'm going to look right now. The, the new thing is uh 24 megapixel heath. That's the difference because, uh, and this, this comes with the 15 and 15 pro. You are correct. The, you can shoot 12 megapixel pro raw on the 14 pro right now with iOS 16. And so I'm not sure if that is, on the iPhone 15 or not, but the there, Heath, it is. It is. Okay. There, there, there's there's like 17 selections in that menu now. Right. So the Heath, which is the lower size file format while still retaining much of the quality, is what you you could not shoot a 48 megapixel Heath format on the 14 Pro and Pro Max on 16, but you will be able to use that format on the 48 megapixel size, so you can get 48 megapixel photos at a much more reasonable storage size than using the pro raw before so the so the breakdown is basically pro raw everyone knows uh, if you're shooting a raw image of any kind and apple's pro raw is a specific format made by the company right uh, pro raw is every piece of information the lens the curvature the zoom level every the light detail what the image saw before it computated at the output image is a, in a package file inside of the image format giving um, photo editors like darkroom the ability to basically retake the photo inside of software and let you edit right. every single detail. And it's a, this huge file package. Um, and on top of that is a Heath file. Get rid of the Pro Raw and basically allow, instead of holding back the processing, allow Apple to do the full stack of processes, edit the image, output the full Heath uh, without the Pro Raw package. And that's the final detail you get. Much smaller, much more reasonable file size in 48 but the default now instead of being 12 megapixel like on the iphone 14 pro because basically we would get four-way pixel bending on the 14 pro and pro max to get you down to a 12 megapixel image that was really sharp and really really good 12 megapixels is what iphone has been at since what iphone 6s or something right, um, yes. but now we finally increased the default megapixel count and this is really important because even on iphone 15 standard because it has that 48 megapixel but across the whole 15 line you take a photo by default you get a 24 megapixel heave which actually mm. uses the full 48 megapixel frame and then and then uses like basically uh pixel uh like pixel a, bending, yeah right? like yeah pixel bending combined with like a machine learning algorithm to use the photo stack to select the best sharpest version of the pixels and then condense that down to 24 megapixels so it's it's a really advanced operation but it's going to give you the best of both worlds a large image uh 24 megapixels is huge you can hang that on a wall without losing uh without seeing the pixels in the in the photo right. uh versus right now 12 megapixels would get you a um what is that like an eight by 11 sheet of paper, 24 megapixels is going to be closer to a poster right. um, without ruining your, your resolution or data. Like these are going to actually be viewable on televisions even more so than previous iPhone pictures. As long as you're in good light and you're not going to have a lot of noise, but right, right. I, I think this is an important step up and I don't think that many people are recognizing it other than maybe the Halide team. So I'm excited to yeah. see how this works. Halide team has been great kind of posting what they discovered in like the beta for iOS 17 and what they can 
ascertain from Apple's information of the cameras on the website. So they're a great follow if you want more information on that. And once we get these phones in hand, we'll talk more about the cameras, of course. No color-matched braided cables. Uh, that was one of the rumors. All the braided cables appear to be the same whitish, light gray color. This was a not mentioned in the keynote. I kept talking about we would see these updated with USB-C, but the MagSafe Duo and Apple MagSafe battery pack appear to have been discontinued. They totally left Apple's website. They were not mentioned at all during the keynote. And with the now Qi 2 charging on the iPhone 15 lineup, which will offer 15 watts of charging wirelessly to third-party accessory makers of MagSafe devices, maybe Apple doesn't need to make their first-party ones anymore, although I really like them, so I'm going to miss them. I wonder if the MagSafe battery pack will come back because, as some pundits have said before, Apple having a battery pack in its lineup is kind of admitting that their iPhone can't make it a full day, and I, I wonder mm. if they might back away from that product altogether because there's plenty of excellent options by third parties. Apple's uh, MagSafe version with improved efficiency was definitely the best choice. Like I preferred the MagSafe battery pack, but it's a loss, but I don't think it's a significant loss. I think uh, QI2 is going to definitely give us more options in this category as well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, one of my biggest things is I tried multiple MagSafe battery packs from Anchor and Mophie, and they're good. And I think with Qi2, they will get better. The one thing Apple's MagSafe battery pack did best of all was not getting hot. Yeah. Even as it would totally expend the battery and charge the phone as much as it can. It was not hot to the touch. It got slightly warm, but nowhere near the level of other Anchor and Mophie battery packs that would literally feel hot to the touch and still not offer that much faster charging. Yeah, it's definitely the best out there, but if you're going to be playing Ray Traced Resident Evil 4 on your phone, you might need to get one of those battery packs with a fan on the back of your phone. Yeah, just, just plug it into the wall, please. Yeah. Like, that, that's not... Um, okay, real quick, last on iPhone so we can get to some iOS 17 and watch stuff, but the colors of the phones on the 15 models, you know, very those pastel colors pretty much panned out to what they are. And same with the 15 Pro models, which we have the, that blue titanium, natural, the white, and the black. I went with the blue, West one with black. We'll see what they come out with, but... Everyone's saying the natural titanium is is what they're going for, and eh. I wonder if I chose incorrectly. I don't know. If if I had if I if I could stomach a silver watch, I would probably match my phone to it. But that's that's the thing. I want the black phone. I want the black watch. So yeah, I, it, yeah. it it hurts me inside that they didn't come out with the black ultra. For sure, there is one YouTube video, and I'll include it that really focused on the colors specifically. Because a lot of the YouTube videos, like you see the phones very quickly in passing B roll, and this one really kind of sat on the colors. And if you're thinking about what to do for the pre order, you know, depending on when you listen to this, if you subscribe to the show and support the show directly on Apple Podcasts and Patreon, you can hear this before pre-orders. Uh, but if not, you could still hear it before pre-orders. You just have to listen way early in the morning. I think the colors are fine. I think the pink is great. Um, uh, I know some yeah, people who are very excited about a pink Apple Watch and a pink iPhone. This is an excellent time to do it. Barbie marketing is taking yes. over the world. So uh, some people are like, oh, Apple's in the Barbie thing. No, I think they just had pink in the lineup. But it's it, it's definitely cool. I'm, I'm excited for pre-order day. This will be fun. I'm actually roped my girlfriend into uh, signing up for the iPhone upgrade program. She's going to get an iPhone 15. Oh. Uh, so we, we're all set up. We're going to be waking up at 730 in the morning and hitting refresh until eight o'clock and uh, <laughs> see what happens. So I usually I usually start hitting refresh around like 755. Yeah, yeah, that's a better know, time. It, it doesn't uh, open early uh, in my experience. Let me fix that. The only reason to do it earlier is if you're going through a carrier because I've had Verizon start oh. selling at like 740 before. Um, oh, see, yeah, that I the last time I went through a carrier was for like the 6S Plus, 
and it was not a good experience. Yeah, I'm no longer doing that. I'm full on the iPhone upgrade program. The the fact you can completely fill out all the forms and get approved for your loan before you even order it is a great like I I I really hope I get day one because the secret's out. Everyone knows that you can do that now. So Right, exactly. And I wanted to point out this watch face real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Have you so ha- have you seen this watch face floating around? This I, I know people were asking about this watch face to see if it will come to Series Eight and older with WatchOS Ten. It's it's on my watch right now. I'm using it. Oh, well, I mean, there, this is a screenshot of my watch on. Right. Okay. So uh, it's the Solar Analog, and it is a absolutely beautiful face like this is probably my new favorite watch face the second hand casts a light and a shadow and you can set it up to change basically brightness throughout the day there's a lot of very nice colors yeah i really i highly recommend this and you can put a a a complication on it but i don't care about complications as much anymore because of the uh, drawer of widgets so yeah, very, very nice face. I just want to point out this does exist and it is on older Apple Watches. And the same with the modular Ultra face, which Apple talked about during the Ultra 2 part of the announcement. It will come with watchOS 10 to Ultra 1 generation. So you can get it on that. Nice. Yeah, Apple's not that stingy. I mean, the only thing that they're stingy about, I think, is the Hermes and uh, faces. And you you have to spend $3,000 on a watch to get that. So Right. We don't have a lot of time to talk about Apple Watch specifically because I do want to talk about the iOS 17 features I uncovered in the 18-page PDF. But like the reason why we're upgrading, we can cover that real quick. Okay, the reason, well, the reason why I'm upgrading, which we talked about a little bit in the iPhone section, but the ultra wideband generation two chip, mm-hmm. I think, and the S9 CPU or the SIP, I think is going to be a pretty significant difference uh, along with on-device Siri. I think those are the biggest differences. No new health sensors this year. Right. Screens did get brighter. Uh, so, you know, if that was something that you means something to you and also dimmer go all the way down to one nit uh, on the watches which is pretty cool so that's why i got them I, I am actually very interested in this gesture i think it'll change the way we can use some apps um commercial for it is cute but i think they were over exaggerating it i think you're going to be able to just do a, a couple little taps and that'll be enough so i i, I want to play around with this but if you if you can get this to work without being you know too ostentatious about it you don't have to lift your whole arm up in the air and shake it in front of everyone to see that you're doing a gesture but i think that'll be interesting for controlling certain functions of the watch i do want to mention too on the gesture because i, I mentioned this in the recap video there is the accessibility feature and someone on, on social media i forget who it was talked to someone at apple and much like the mouse pointer that was in ipad os as an accessibility feature and then trackpad support came to ipad os natively as like a, a quote unquote, like default feature. That is how Apple viewed this gesture, that the accessibility pinch and clench that you've been able to do on Apple Watch for years, or at least since last year, I don't know how long it, it's been, but that was part of the reason why Apple is bringing it kind of to the foreground for Apple Watch navigation. And the reason why it's restricted to the newer watches though, is because uh, everyone's complaining, like, why can't you bring it back? Why can't you do this? It it really is a improvement on that system. This isn't the accessibility system. They've built on top of it, and it requires uh, improved neural networks to work accurately every single time versus, like, the accessibility feature, I think, is a little slower and uh, takes a little bit more of a very specific kind of of pinching gesture. Um, like, you have to be very uh, intentional yeah. versus, I think, this one, I, they built it to work on a consumer level where they just, everyone's going to expect it to work every single time, and they're not going to want to fiddle with it and i think it, it needs that accuracy and uh the improved neural engine for it to work so and i will say jason a10 who's been on the show before he was there at the event and he 
describe this as definitely feeling different than the accessibility feature. I've used the accessibility feature when I've wanted to like capture video of me doing something on the Apple Watch and I'm literally holding my phone with the other hand and I've used pinch and clench and it is good. It is not hyper accurate. You do kind of have to have exaggerated gestures at times. So I imagine like you were saying, Wes, this will be a little more user friendly or a little more quick to respond. And there is a difference where in the accessibility settings, you could set like a double pinch to be select what is on screen kind of thing. And you can see a blue highlight of what uh, the Apple Watch would then select with that double pinch. This feature is gonna be a little more proactive using, you know, kind of in this app, this is the action you would probably likely take, like ending a call or selecting, you know, marking a to-do off. And I imagine this double pinch will be a little more intelligent about what action it wants you to take as opposed to the accessibility feature is more like you would need a clench to like scroll down and then a double pinch to select. I think this will be more of like a one step process for actions that are commonly used. So you have a list of iOS 17 features. Yes, I do. That you went through Apple's thousand page PDF and pulled out everything that you could find that was that we haven't <laughs> well. talked about yet. Not everything, but yeah, go ahead. I found that PDF kind of hilarious. It's just like this just word wall of here's everything. And it, it's. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember Apple doing this before. And so I will link it as an 18 page PDF where Apple says all the updates coming with iOS 17. No imagery, like just plain text. Just text, text yeah. Just text on a PDF. It also does specify what features are not coming at launch, namely the journal app. Gosh, I, the, I, they, and they were rubbing it in our face the whole keynote. The journal app was all over the preview. I'm just, give me the app. I just <laughs> want it. It was sad. And also things like the catch-up arrow, unfortunately, is not coming like in the messages for group messages. That'll be at a later date. They say later this year, not next year. So I imagine we'll come up with like a 17.1 update maybe in October. And there's there's a new Apple Watch playlist that sounds interesting. Uh, I, th I think it lets you see all of your favorited music. So that'll be cool. And that, so I will run down these quickly because these are just the few things that I saw that I was not aware about before or that I forgot. New ringtones are coming in iOS 17. I think it's like 22 ringtones and text tones, which is nice. Proximity login for Apple ID. So not only will we be able to log in to your Apple ID and iCloud.com with a pass key, but also proximity login. If you have other devices around, you'll see the little cloud pop up like an Apple Watch pairing and you'll be able to sign in just by scanning it with your phone, which Still is pretty cool. Still sounds cumbersome, but... Still sounds cumbersome, but honestly, logging into iCloud.com is like cumbersome. So any anything that might make it faster would be nice. Fair enough. iCloud photo syncing. Apple is saying this is going to be improved. They added a toggle. It's a button. It says <laughs> okay. sync now. That's what they did. Yeah. Sync now. Yeah. But it, they do say that apparently it'll pause less in the background. So remains to be seen. Like maybe it'll be faster. With the camera app, you'll be able to lock white balance, which is, this is a huge deal. Because typically when you tap and hold in the camera app, it locks focus and exposure, but white balance could still change. And so if you were like, panning a scene or moving between clouds, the the white balance would often change and your video would just look totally different. So love the ability to lock white balance. Also the Translate app, which this might be coming later, as Apple said, a lot of these translation features are coming in a, at a later date. Live camera translation, which if listeners remember the old Word Lens app, where you can just point your camera at another language and you see it change live in the camera viewfinder. Yeah, and then Google bought it and ruined it. And they honestly... Yes, true. <laughs> so, that, so that'll be coming with the iPhone. Improved screen time controls, which I'm very skeptical because anytime Apple messes with screen time, I feel like it, it does not make it better. But 
we're going to see. They say improves screen time controls. Uh, the, there says in this PDF, there's new shortcuts widgets. And I looked on my iPhone running the iOS 17 release candidate and I did not see new widgets. So, I mean, the only widget that I'm aware of is they added a two stack to the single square. Uh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's it unless they, you, they, they mean something else. Yeah. I just see the two stack. So that's that enhanced order tracking in Apple wallet. This is, I'm curious do if this something means with this feature, <laughs> anything. Dude, uh, it looks like maybe you'll be able to add other tracking things to the wallet that doesn't just automatically pop up. It, maybe it, it worked for eight minutes. I got, <laughs> I, I have in my, the entire year I've ordered from companies that do shop.com, Amazon, FedEx, DHL, whatever. Yeah, and it goes through my Apple email. I use Apple pay all the, right, all the checkboxes. Right. I am doing the thing nothing has shown up in the app since like one order that I, I, I pay, I got shoes from Adams, right? The, the Adams shoes. Right, and I have right. a receipt for that in my little order tracking box. That is the only time it worked. I ordered another pair of shoes from Adams and it didn't work the second time. Like, I don't know what's happening there, but Apple fix it. <laughs> like, make it work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's a merchant thing or Apple thing, but yes, uh, I totally agreed. Uh, and last couple things, Apple Cash, you'll be able to set up recurring transfers. Like if you wanted to do allowances for kids or some kind of just recurring payment to someone, you can set up Apple Cash recurring transfers. And then also, I thought this was very cool. I had no idea about this. I don't remember it from the WWE keynote, but you'll be able to do video search. So if you go to Spotlight on your iPhone, you'll actually be able to search for a scene or a people like by a face or activity. And not only will it show you photos that it thinks recognizes what you're searching for in, but it will actually show you videos. And when you tap that search result in Spotlight, a scrubber interface will indicate where in the video the search result appears. This is wild. I don't know why I didn't hear about this before, but I am very curious about trying this out. They've been doing a lot more video surfacing information, right? Like the Faces app has been trying to pull faces from videos forever and every now and then it kind of works but it's it's been broken but this this should definitely make it better and I, I'm, I'm excited to see apple do more work with video because they've obviously done everything that you can do with a photo uh library but uh video has still been kind of left untouched other than it exists and you can put it in your library and there it is but um I, i'll be happy to see them open more possibilities with the video formats and uh that's that's exciting to me too for sure. I do I do want to nail home before we there's like a couple less little grab grab bag items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to nail this one home. A lot of people uh who complain about Spotify versus Apple Music, the one feature that's left that everyone's crazy about is Spotify's favorites playlist or whatever where every single song you've ever liked in Spotify is in this one central zone and people just go to it and shuffle it and that's like their 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 mix that they just always listen to like this is a thing apparently Apple Music's finally getting that I don't know why it's delayed uh I, I don't know why this is a complicated feature but yeah that that will eventually be here uh in iOS 17 that you will be able to have a favorites playlist of everything you've ever liked on apple music so if you haven't if you don't use the like feature much uh, i would recommend getting out there and liking some music and yeah, yeah i think this apple's slowly chipping away the pieces of what spotify has over apple music and uh of course lossless audio and dolby atmos is a big win for apple right now but right. the more base features underneath that uh that they can chip away from spotify the more people i think will migrate to apple music so that's exciting for sure Last couple quick things, AirPods Pro. So if you buy them right now, you get AirPods Pro 2 with a USB-C case. It seemed like the only difference was the case, but apparently these 
slightly adjusted versions of AirPods Pro 2 will enable lossless audio with Apple Vision Pro, and also Apple cites a new IP54 rating for additional dust resistance okay. on the case. This one's so funny. All right, so the the dust rating <laughs> yes. on the AirPods Pro Gen 2 with Lightning was IPX4. So okay. X stands for we didn't do this stupid test, right? And X is, it was in the oh. in the dust point, right? So everything means something. The four is the water rating. The the X or five is the dust rating. The X and the IPX four was we just didn't do this test. Who cares? Huh? All the all that changed is they did the test for the the okay, but 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 there is a big change internally, and I, and right. I wanted to get on that. This is so annoying because <laughs> now I, I I really want a Vision Pro, so I, I want this functionality, so I will end up buying the USB-C AirPods. Maybe not day one, but like December, maybe I'll, I'll go get a pair. But yes, if you have the USB-C AirPods Pro Gen 2, this is not a Gen 3 product. It's like a Gen 2.1. They did something. And I'm assuming it's antennas. I don't know, but they did something that will allow direct communication with the vision pro that will do uh lossless over a wire a uh what is it called a proprietary wireless signal we don't know what that signal is we don't know if it's utilizing bluetooth 5.3 or some mumbo jumbo with the like chipset we we don't right. know what it is apple is remaining to bono chip maybe we don't we don't know what apple weirdness is happening here they're, they're not saying anything the only thing they would confirm is that this is only the USB-C version of the case and that's why you can't buy just the USB-C case they are different right. airpods in there it's very strange. strange very strange we also didn't see airpods 3 get updated with USB-C or airpods max i'm thinking they're waiting for new gens airpods 4 airpods max 2 yeah i'm thinking the new generation devices thinking slash hoping for an october event that mentioned these maybe what you don't think so there will not be an october event this year the only thing that we might get maybe is a press release for m3 and uh, a 24 inch imac bump i think that's it there's no more ipads for this will be the first year in the history of ipad that there has not been a single ipad released in a calendar year am i cra am i crazy but wasn't the original airpods max a press release Yes, in December. In December. So, I mean, technically. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying those won't happen. Yeah, those right, those right, press right. leases could absolutely happen. They could do that tomorrow, right, for all right. we know. But sure. like, um, as far as an event goes, it doesn't seem like there's enough. <laughs> there's not enough. I'm studying the stars. <laughs> Ming Chi Kuo is lighting. You know, one for an event, two for no event, and uh, right, right, right. I, I'm just not seeing any evidence of an event. There could be. Uh, there's whispers of the iMac and M3 but i other than that and maybe a Mac mini with M3 i this year could be complete we're done we might be done for the year other than press releases it's it's possible i mean german did say maybe october this was like a few newsletters ago so maybe but i i agree with you i could totally see you know three or four press releases between october and november airpods 4 airpods max two yeah. and then an m3 imac because i don't think the design is going to change very much no. I mean, it's basically just a slab with a display they're going to slap <laughs> they're going to slap an m3 in the existing uh model they're going to do nothing else i mean yeah. that's why i think it's going to be a press release like they of course it'll enable a bunch of new features and m3 is going to be important because it's three nanometer and they might bring up resident evil village again but it's just because it's their favorite video game how many times has it been brought up now like six times in a row like event wise just every event has resident evil village in it right i think this is enough i 
I, my wallet's happy. I'm personally disappointed. I want, I always want more fun technology and toys, but, um, I think this will definitely give us some breathing room for Apple vision pro. Cause I think that is their current focus is getting that launch done early next year. And if we see anything, like you said, it'll be tiny press releases, nothing too significant, but just enough. I mean, AirPods max original being just a press release was funny i don't see them having an event just for airpods or yeah if there was a, like ipads and if there was ipads and stuff but ming chi quo saying like no ipad updates this for the rest of this year 2023 so we'll i'm surprised see. by the ipad thing i mean i, I think this yeah. is i think this is significant though because we're at a shifting point the ipads rumored for spring of next year are meant to be uh, huge overhauls. Huge updates. Yeah. So old OLED and everything. Yeah. Right? So I think it makes sense, but yeah, just funny for me because I'm I'm itching for a new iPad Mini. So <laughs> same promotion, please. Uh, one of the most fun. One more things. Apple threw at the end of the event that iCloud storage is going to go up to 12 terabytes, and right now I have it the maximum you can get of four terabytes, which you need the Apple One Premier subscription plus the add-on. So you'll be able to get up to 12. Unsure how pricing is going to work with the Apple One right now? We have, oh, well, we know the pricing. Well, we know six terabyte tier is $30 a month. 12 terabyte tier is $60 a month. Yes. And this will work just the same as the previous, uh, as with Apple One. You know, so Apple One, okay. you don't choose your storage. Everyone seems to forget this. Apple One, you just get two terabytes. Right. And then if you want to add iCloud Plus storage, you can by going to the iCloud Plus thing. You can add two terabytes for $10. And now you will be able to add six terabytes for 30, 12 terabytes for 60. And that's proportional if you do the math, it it works. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. you're just adding on to the two terabytes of Apple One. Apple One storage isn't changing, and you were never able to edit that anyway. So Right. I mean, you do get less storage on the lower Apple One tiers, the, the two terabytes, the Apple One Premier. Yeah, tier. if you get the Premier program, you don't get to, like, none of them you get to choose, but the Premier, you get right. two terabytes automatically. So Correct. And so there's probably some other details. Again, we'll be keep we will continue to cover them all. So stay tuned again for next week. I do I do want to mention I was I'm excited. Apple TV Plus, I feel like it's been killing it. I've been watching a bunch of their content. For all mankind, one of my favorite TV Plus original shows, season four starts in November. Yep. That's fun. Morning show's back. I'm excited about that. Morning show's back. Um, there's just a lot of good TV Plus going on. Uh, they announced a new DreamWorks show today for kids. Uh, nice. So they, they keep pumping out that kids content. I wonder if anyone's watching it. I, I would really like them to get into the, like, they need to advance from preschool to uh, middle school and start making, like, Steven Universe and Adventure Time so I can be happy. <laughs> I do want to mention we have an article that talks about all the older devices that Apple hid in the background during the event. And I, I just totally missed most of these, but they have things like a Bondi Blue iMac in the background, a Macintosh SE, an original iPhone on one of the tables, and that's just amazing an ipod hi-fi right in the background of the yeah there was a there was an ancient mac in the back corner of one of those shots i, I did yes, see that one very cool go back and find those easter eggs that's always fun yep. no craig craig federighi where we're all very sad about his absence uh, uh yes. i believe he might be deposed at a google court case go read about that oh. no I, I don't think he's part of it uh who's phil schiller there anyway there's three executives at a google antitrust case that's a whole thing going on right now Sheesh. but i did want to ask you a couple uh quick lightning round here wait wait wait. should we say usbc round because there's no more lightning oh, just kidding boo. um <laughs> podcast <laughs> over i'm not asking anything anymore no uh, no no, no. Okay, okay, go ahead. so it? so the we had two superfluous video parts of the uh keynote right so we have the opening video and the mid video what are your opinions about the opening video the birthday themed video 
typically Apple saves the tear jerking videos to like the first third of the event. And so having it right off the bat, I was like, it was almost a shock because it had like this titanium, like super vibey intro music and, and kind of be, you know, just like graphic imagery before the event starts. And then to jump right into like this person almost died. This person almost died. Yeah. It was just like, I, I, cause they started with the happy birthdays and the happy people. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be cute. And then it's like, and this person survived because of Apple watch. I'm like, Oh, it's one of these. And I, and I mean, uh, you know, I'm human. uh, You you get teary eyed and stuff. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not gonna be able to watch the event. You guys are ruining me here. Um, (laughs) I wanted like, it was, I enjoyed hearing about those stories and it is incredible to know that this stuff actually happens. It did feel like this is really heavy to start the event. Yeah, I love that Apple is sticking to this messaging. I, me as uh, as a fan of Apple, I enjoy seeing it. I wonder what the average person thinks of videos like this. Do they do they care? Do they think it's cheesy? Um, do they think these people are actors rather than real people? You know, I just wonder what the vibe is uh, around the world because there's like you know eight hundred thousand people watching the YouTube live stream. Uh, you know, like what, what are people thinking of this? But I enjoyed it. I'm glad they did it. But then we have the middle of the road. You get to talk about to William about this next week, how he absolutely despised it, wanted to set fire to it. He wrote a, he, he wrote a teardown article and he's never going to watch anything with Octavia Spencer in it ever again. Oh my um, goodness. Like, <laughs> like he just, he just refused, Yeesh. you know, he just, I, I don't know if he, he saw this like article. It. He did not like this uh, video. I want to know your opinion, Stephen, without <sighs> ignoring, ignoring William as we always do. Cause we know he just read the script and that was enough. <laughs> That's good. I will 100% ask him about this next week. So number one, because this event was much slower, I actually enjoyed having some time to like write thoughts. It was nice. Post on three different social media networks. A breather. And like, right, yeah, write notes for the recap podcast. So like I, I appreciated the slower pace and breaks just as breaks. And so for that reason, like I wasn't kind of uh, just angry about these different things. Octavia Spencer, during this little ad, I think she was hilarious. Like she's an actor. She's great. Right. It did feel long. Right. Obviously Apple is no stranger to self congratulatory type videos, but if this one did feel especially so, I think one small change, swap the environmental video with the tear jerking right. Apple watch and SOS lifesaving video. And I feel like both would have felt better. Like opening, I think yeah. the only reason why that wouldn't have worked is because they were talking about new products in the environmental video. They would have had to have tweaked it, of course. Yeah, but yeah. I, me personally, I'm okay with it. Like I, I'm not really opinionated either way. It it was fine. It probably didn't belong in the keynote. It could have been shorter. Um, the writer strike is very much on, and they they clearly hired some scabs that did that were not as good like i feel sure. like the dialogue could have been punched up uh tim cook could have probably used a little bit of polishing like otherwise it was fine it was cute i think it's a good way to represent this stuff we need to get these kinds of messages out there and a slideshow of charts isn't doing it so it do it, maybe yeah. you know octavia spencer playing mother nature will and I, i've seen a lot of positive reaction way more than i expected i thought this was going to be like a cringe fest everyone hates it like set the internet on fire type thing but no there's a lot of people arguing like no i loved it this is great do more apple please I, i'm actually uh, pretty excited by that because i want to see apple play more in this in this field i want them to yeah. uh, be more self-aware i want them to be able to have these uh harder conversations in ways that people understand but 
I think the tone might have been off ever so slightly and the the placing in the keynote did drag it to a halt. So I just yeah. there this was a good first attempt. I'm I'm interested in seeing future attempts, but I'm not with William here. I don't I mean, I'm not sure that it should have been like a separate YouTube video or something or like a post event like credit scene or something, but it's just it was definitely odd that it was there. Yeah, I didn't hate it as much as William, but I would, I'm going to love to hear him talk about it next week. <laughs> and um, It'll be great. Yeah, so it, it was interesting. Anyway, let us know what you think. You can message Wes and I on various social media networks. All of our handles are in the show notes. Support the show to get early access. This way you can listen to it before pre-orders open. You know, know exactly what you want to choose then. You can do that at patreon.com slash Apple Insider or directly in Apple Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. And next week, there's going to be a bunch of reviews for the iPhone 15, 15 Pro out, Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2. Keep an eye on appleinsider.com. We'll cover all of that. And again, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. 